0: Welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. I'm your host this week, Tom. And I'm joined, as always, by Stu. Hello. And by Chris.
1: Hello. Looks like you caught Stu off guard then, because you normally do us the other way around. Well,
0: I, I normally do you the way that you appear in the video thing, and, <laughs> in the recording, and Stu's on top this week, so he, he came it. On top. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, how <laughs> do we feel about the inaugural Qatari GP, gentlemen? Pretty good,
2: pretty good, good result, good yeah. for the championship, very good result for the championship, um, very good result for Lewis Hamilton fans, and a, what looks like a really, really,
1: really fun circuit to drive. It at. was like Magello yeah. vibes, wasn't it? Like, all the drivers coming out of FP1 all going, this is brilliant, like I'm having a really yeah. fun time out there, which is always nice.
0: Yeah, I feel like we got a race that was possibly better than we may have expected, we were <laughs> I think we were all a bit dubious. of... Again, actually, much Alex like Magello, could be, yeah, and we came out of um, came out of the other side with something pretty enjoyable. Yeah, so, definitely way better than I expected. Especially Absolutely. by the even by the standards of this season, where we've said the <laughs> yardstick is like quite. This is it. Like high, the bar is high. Yeah, yeah, the bar
2: is really, really high for what has been a good race this year, which is why I think some of the races have maybe. Certainly recent, like Mexico maybe felt like a little bit of yeah. a letdown, even though that was by Mexican standards, by Mexican standards, by Mexican <laughs> Grand Prix standards. Um <laughs> a, a, a decent race, you know, it wasn't a bad race, but it just didn't feel like it had
1: just, just no don't. I I'm just imagine all these Mexican F1 fans who were just like really hard to please, like nah, it's rubbish. he yeah. has <laughs> got really high standards. Yeah.
2: Um yeah, so that, that one felt like a bit of a letdown, but actually it was a very yeah. good race, a really good chase. For, yeah. you know, we called it the race of chase, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we're here to talk about Qatar, so we should get into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's start with quali because, I mean, we don't always go into too much detail with quali. We, we sort of focus around the race, but there is... There was actually yeah. quite a lot some to dig juice. into there's with some juice in this Yeah, class. We don't have yeah. much choice, it, do with we, this week? <laughs> is it, there's plenty to talk about here. So, I, I mean, I'll let you go through the majority of it first mean, because, as always, your notes, man, here.
1: Well, just, just to briefly talk about what sort of went on, on track, Hamilton was fastest by six tenths, which is actually the biggest gap to poll in a dry qualifying session all season which I don't think anyone super expected here, did they? I mean, I know this track was an unknown, but I'd definitely um, expect them to yeah. be closer together than that. Yeah, I thought they'd be closer together. To me, it, it, on paper,
2: and then certainly looking at the circuit layout, it felt kind of like a Red Bull circuit. That You know, that, that second yeah. and third, se- second into third sector. Mm-hmm. So, like Basically, the, the what, the first half of the second sector. The, yeah. Whatever, like the sector two. <laughs> the top the top half That's of the circuit. If you look at the map. The top, the, half, the top yeah. half of the circuit, that looks like serious Red Bull territory. Mm. Mm. Lots of like and, sixth and seventh
1: gear corners.
2: Yeah, and then the bottom half of the circuit probably looks a little maybe a bit more Mercedes territory. So with all that in mind, and given how close and how topsy turvy this season has been, you'd be forgiven for thinking I think that it looks like a Red Bull circuit. But obviously, Mercedes have pulled something out of the bag and mm. and um you know the score marks on the wings of the Mercedes are <laughs> making them go fast maybe i don't know but
1: they're not. Yeah. I think I think another interest I like obviously we lost the second flying laps in Q3 um for most of the drivers which we'll get into so maybe that flattered Hamilton slightly but it's also worth noting that this wasn't with his New internal combustion engine he took in Brazil. They actually went back to an older used one, and they're going to. Did gonna... they? I yeah. didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And then they're putting the new one he took in Brazil back in for the last two races. Oh wow! Oh goodness. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, that's going to have an impact on predictions, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> After the race, Toto said something like, "We're going to put the spicy parts back in for Saudi Arabia." <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. wow! That's a. That's a big, big uh, statement, that, isn't it? Mm, it is. And they were not particularly uh, quiet about it either. They would tell anyone who wanted to listen that this yeah. isn't even... Oh, we... you want to know what engine we've got? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even my final form kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
1: but yes, yeah, so we should talk about what went on after qualifying. Um, we had sort of yellow flags at the end after Gasly uh, sort of knocked off his front wing off on the kerbs, which then shredded his front right tyre Gasly said afterwards like I think we've got the weakest front wing on the grid because they just seem to break at the slightest touch (laughs) which you do see a lot of Alpha Terry front wings just in pieces on the floor actually don't you
0: Yeah. I mean over the course of the weekend though he wasn't the only one to suffer similar issues so I think luckily for them it wasn't just them at least this weekend
1: Um, so he stopped in the main straight and we got Yellow flags. So we sort of got yellow flags and then they went and then they came back. That sort of went on and off a couple of times. But uh, after, so after the session, we had Verstappen, Bottas and Signs all under investigation. Uh, Verstappen for not respecting double wave yellows, Bottas for single wave yellows, which became five place penalty for Verstappen, three place for Bottas and no penalty for Signs. Literally lost sleep over that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sat waiting for a result. Yeah. Mm. So what do we think about the whole situation? Cause it's Okay. It's a so, little messier than it looks on. It should paper. have been. It, yeah. 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 So
2: let's just go through step by step what happened. So mm-hmm. the incident happened. Gasly went around the final corner with his you know, with half of from where well, was front wing missing and uh one corner being pretty much ripped. Well, front right
1: front right being ripped off. Which is why he his stopped. Actually, the team told him to stop before it caused even more damage to the car, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, and obviously, as soon as
2: that happens, you've got yellow flags straight away because you've got a car going around with bits and bits flying all over the circuit and stuff happening. So they quite rightly indicate on the system yellow flag mm-hmm. um, and set so up yellow flag conditions along the first half of the straight and through the final corner. Um, Then they sort of, you saw it disappear on the broadcast and I think it's kind of obvious. I don't know, you know, there's a conspiracy going around. I I think it's kind of obvious that they were trying to stop that yellow flag situation from being the situation so that people could finish their laps. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily just Verstappen, but I think people. Um, it, I think Verstappen being on a lap was a factor in it for sure because they're obviously doing everything they can to keep the championship alive. And we, we know from this race director from previous that he does think about the show. He's not just thinking about that specific race in that specific moment. Yeah, but he likes to keep the track alive
1: as much as possible.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's we saw that in Miguel, We've seen that in, in other circuits as well. Um, then Verstappen comes around to finish his lap and there's a double yellow flag waving off to the left there is a a green light off to the right but that green light is nothing to do with the actual racetrack that's for the pit lane Mm -hmm. so that i saw a few people on the internet getting a bit confused and and even on tv people (laughs) getting confused about what that green light was particularly um some of the sky news coverage were was commented quite a lot on the green light but that green light was in the pit lane that had nothing to do with the live circuit um now Obviously, Christian Horner said rogue, um, rogue steward. <laughs> yeah. I think that's strong words. I don't think it's fair to say the steward was being rogue, going rogue, but I think the steward was doing their job in that there's a car yeah. stricken on track and he's waving double yellow flags there's no way on this earth this steward could have known this steward could have known that verstappen was coming round no not at, at that point it's not like he's just going to jump out with the flags so i think like it felt to a lot of people especially the fia that the implication by uh by christian horner was that that particular uh that particular um marshal had it in for verstappen which it's just bonkers. Like, yeah, there's just no way he could have known, where, especially from that. You know, from the track side, there, he's not thinking about where, or he or she isn't thinking about where Max Verstappen no, is on their so. lap. They're thinking about the situation in their corner and what they've been told to do. Yeah. yeah. So, and they wouldn't just bring out d- double wave yellows unless someone from race control told them to, or unless you know, because it, it usually, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but you have. A particular marshal post, you tend to have more than one individual yeah. who's just in control of yeah, flags. You'll have like two a to controller, three and then yeah. yeah, a couple of other guys with flags. Yeah, because obviously they're safety posts; they're not just for flag bearers. They're for yeah people mm-hmm. to go and look after drivers if things go wrong. Um, and I think that's why the whole thing with the with the allegation or whatever you know the rogue rogue marshal thing from christian Horner, just just it's a bit sour isn't it it's a bit, bit bit leaves a nasty taste in the mouth it's not a very nice thing to say about yeah it's, it's a to sort of
1: save the lives of the drivers when things go wrong exactly yeah you wouldn't go racing if those people weren't there It's, it's it was a bit of a a snap not really thinking silly thing for him to say well, um yeah. and i guess just briefly on that while we're talking about it so he got called to the stewards after the race um He was given an official warning by the stewards, but no more. He apparently in the meeting offered to apologize to the marshal, Mm. explain to the media they didn't uh, intend to cause offense, which he did. And he's also going to participate in the FIA international stewards program next year. Um, Mm. I don't know if you guys saw the interview we did with Sky straight after he'd seen the stewards, but I have never seen Christian Horner looking so sheepish. And yeah, I've never heard him so <laughs> apologetic. Like you get the feeling they really gave him a dressing down in that uh, steward's yeah. room. Is you know he's had it coming, man. Like the the way this guy's been going on in
2: recent races. the 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 I don't want to swear, but like the <laughs> the the stuff he's been chatting, as just it's just you know it, it, he's gone full. He's get he's turning back to full Karen Horner <laughs> is what is what's yeah. been happening this last few races, and it's just like dude, just. Do you talking on the track? Just make you know, just be
1: quicker. <laughs> the, my absolute highlight of the weekend was someone on Twitter said something on the lines of uh, Christian Horner called to the stewards for opening his mouth more than the permitted eighty five millimeters. <laughs> 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 That's brilliant. That's good. Very good.
2: <laughs> That's quite yeah. a long way to open your <laughs> mouth as well. It's, it conjures mm-hmm. this like really really dark image of like Christian Horner who's now more open than it anyone's humanly could be. <laughs> Um,
0: He's just got no diplomacy around him though, has he? He speaks with humility. There's no humility. humility. Every other team principal down that grid has been extremely frustrated with the outcome of something at some point. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can sense they're angry and they're frustrated about it. But i genuinely can't think of an occasion where someone's been that like directly <laughs> offensive to a volunteer yeah, yeah that's a that's a step too so far yeah. like just
2: just a bit too outspoken isn't it a bit yeah. T- yeah. like show some decorum that's yeah. what it is like you know be be a gentleman about it and accept yeah. the situation don't just go whinging to any, any camera that'll listen to you every five minutes like yeah,
1: But anyway, too, yeah. Um, we, should, we, should move, we should carry on before I yeah, get in trouble so- <laughs> for offending Red Bull <laughs> bosses. So to go back to the like incident itself, and to be fair to Red Bull, like it was a weird situation and it was unfortunate for them. Yeah, um, totally. So um, just to dip into the inbox a bit early on, um, Sarah asked why Vettel seemed to get the yellow flag on his dashboard and Verstappen didn't. And I think what happened was when Gasly first went off the track There was a yellow triggered, um, because basically there's two systems. There's men and women holding flags at the side of the track, and then there's the full FIA circuit system, which is the light boards and the display on the steering wheels. So I think when he first went off, there was a, a yellow triggered. Vettel at that point was in the area where Gasly was, so he got the yellow on his dashboard and the light boards were on. That was then deactivated when he rejoined the track. And then when he came to a stop on the main straight, he's when the second yellow period was activated. But that was at the point where the others came around, that was still just person waving flag. It hadn't been triggered on the whiteboards yeah. and stuff yet. So I think that's why yeah.
2: they didn't have it. And like, I- well, Not only that, like they've muddied the waters anyway by trying to end the yellow flag period.
3: That's yeah, it,
2: it, I, I felt like it felt to me more like the they'd ended the yellow flag period, but the guys at that corner hadn't quite got the memo yet.
1: Yeah, because because none of the um if, on the team radio, like a few of the teams at the initial one had said to their drivers, there's yellow in the final corner at this when he then I told me it had gone away when the second one appeared. No driver got a message on the team radio because the teams were seeing nothing on the um information screen. Oh, so it was the there. It was, yeah. Which is like not to say they were wrong to wave the yellow flag. Like the system no. is that that yes, there's this electronic system, but also it relies on people stood at the side of the track watching what's happening and waving the right flags at the right time. Um, yeah, and to and be fair, part of the rules of Formula One are that you're supposed to drive the
2: car alone and unaided,
1: mm-hmm. and also and in rule, one of the
2: things they that's one of the things
1: they threw at them in the when they appealed it. In, yeah, in you, sh- you shouldn't need your team to be telling you. Um, and there are flags and lightboards and dashboard display and they all like are of equal importance like you you need to respect all of them and I totally buy the excuse that most of the drivers gave which was I just didn't see the flag in the situation like Signs himself said he didn't see the flag but when he saw Gasly had come to a stop that's when he backed off which is why he didn't get a penalty Bottas held up his hands and said yep completely missed the flags but I kept my foot in it's a shame, but that's the rules. I accept the fact yeah. that I've got a penalty. Um, Verstappen was slightly less uh, magnanimous about it, but I mean, it, it is like it is an unfortunate way to get a penalty. But at the end of the day, it's a safety thing, isn't it? And they have to, yeah, yeah. they have to enforce that by the letter of the law. Because yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the very cut and dry perspective of it is the rule is the rule, mm-hmm. and multiple people broke it. It's not like. It's not like they were being singled out. No, not at all. And, no, and no like, it's like It's like science is a good example. Science was also investigated for the same thing, but he, albeit he didn't slow down because of a yellow flag, but he slowed down because he saw the incident relate to the yellow flag. Exactly. And that's, that's the intention of the yellow flag, is to, to get you to slow down. And if he's seen the incident before the flag, then he's reacted to that, but he's still reacted. He's not kept his foot in.
1: Yeah. I think so. it was particularly silly from Bottas as well because not only did he, he come out the final corner with yellow flags that he missed, there was a stopped car which he kept his foot in past, and Alonso yeah. was ahead of him, obviously having and slowed he was down a, because trying of to get the, a toe from <laughs> yeah. him as well. Yeah. yeah, so like I don't know what he expected to come from that. To be honest, yeah, hmm. that
2: was very much slam dunk. It mm. was only a single yellow though. You you can forgive him for not seeing it because it was way off to the left and yeah, it's you know, a tricky spot also muddying the waters that they would have been able to see that green light in the pit lane which is confusing but at the end of the day you know when you see no matter what what's going on if you see that w, if that double wave yellow is happening then you slow down it's yeah you know yeah. i said it a couple of weeks ago you play to the whistle you know
1: exactly yeah
2: same and you play to the flag you, you drive to the flags if you've ever been karting this is this is how I can forgive them. If you've ever, for those of you in the in the audience who've been karting or done any carting, and you guys have obviously done some, it is hard to spot when there's flags going on. When sometimes. you full focus, because your mode. eyes, yeah, when you when you're looking at, you know, you're looking at apex, 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 you know, apex breaking point, turning point, all that. You're not looking out for flags, and you should be. But mm-hmm. like when you yeah. start karting, it is one of those skills that takes time for you to pick up. So it's not easy e- and and at those speeds in Formula one cards and at those kinds of distances where they're a long way away from the circuit it must be even harder so and obvi- but these are the best guys in the world and hmm. they you know they've been doing it for a long time they should be able to spot a double it's wave. Part of the I mean yeah. the,
0: it, it just go back to like Austria was it last year or the year before? when Hamilton got one for something similar with the, you remember yeah, the flashing board on the off. side when, yeah, yeah, yeah Bottas had went a, through had the a gravel cloud of dust and it, there was, but the yellow board was there flashing, yep. like it yep. was warning him. And you know, the, this swings both ways. Red oh, Bull yeah. will have been on the blower saying, well, whoa, 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 he's gone through a yellow flag there with his foot on foot in it. Like, there should be a grid penalty. And Mercedes will have gone, Oh, well, it was difficult to see this. And mm-hmm. we tried to react to the incident as it unfolded, but we didn't see the thing. And it's just well, it's literally just rolls reversed, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: Tom, I can tell you exactly what happened with that yellow flag last year. Oh yeah.
0: Was it was um, it last year and not the year before? It was two
2: thousand and I think it was twenty nineteen,
0: actually. Oh, was it? I'm but, sorry, um, we, I whenever sorry to remember. it was.
2: It was either it was either last year or twenty nineteen. Um so Bottas went off. Went um, just straight over the, he didn't even like make one of the turns and just went and cut the grass. Um, The yellow flags came on because of a car off track and Hamilton went straight through it because it it was, to be fair to you, it was behind a cloud of dust and it would have been difficult to see, but still, like he went through it. Should have been, you could see it, so he should have seen Mm. it. Um, And nothing immediately after qualifying, nothing happened. And then Social released a video with showing it happening and
1: um it was from something not necessarily camera not, those, wasn't yeah,
2: it? yeah it wasn't necessarily that anyone had spotted yeah. it it was just that a piece of video came out happened to come out with a 360 video of hamilton's lap and um, they watched red bull saw it watched it noticed the yellow flag and presented it as new evidence to the stewards to say the rule's been broken this yeah. guy this should be investigated. They duly and investigated it, it and handed quite rightly handed him the penalty.
0: And that that's the hypocrisy in all of it for me, is that whenever it is anybody else, it's it's the rules must be applied to the strictest <laughs> letter of the law. But when it's them, it's like, oh well, we couldn't see that. Like, oh is he yeah, was waving yeah. doubles and he should have been off? waving a sing- single. Like it's it's somebody yeah. else's fault. It's not our fault. And that that's what grinds my gears yeah, with yeah, yeah, Christian yeah. Horner in particular. Like I, I don't like tarring the whole team with that brush because there's plenty of people within that team as individuals who work their backsides off weekend in, weekend out, to get that car on track and competing at the level it does. And to say Red Bull as a whole is like very demeaning to the hard work that they yeah. all put in. But he tarnishes that team and their reputation Whoa. with comments like what he made. It's yeah. true though. And it, it's it, like, it discredits yeah. all the hard work that those hundreds of people have put in both, everyone asks like back of a factory and not at circuit.
1: Everyone asks for consistency in the rules, but if you want that, then you have to accept <laughs> that it works both yeah. ways. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all of which though Gave us a very tasty grid for the race. Yeah. Just just the final note on
2: it that I want to say before mm-hmm. we move on to the race is just, I'm actually really gutted that that it even happened, all of this, in the first place. I would much rather the grid have been set by the laps that we got in quali. I think that it, that already looked like a really, really spicy grid. I wanted to see them yeah. drag
1: racing down to it turn one. It sort of decided the winner there and then didn't it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. fortunately. Um, I mean, I was quite excited by the prospect of Gasly and Alonso, second and third on the grid, starting on softs. Um, yeah, I too. was I was very much expecting one of them to be leading after turn one, but um, Hamilton had a pretty solid start all in all and held the lead. Um, and that was basically it, wasn't it? He sort of disappeared up the road. They shadowed Red Bull's pit stops. Pretty straightforward win. There's not really much yeah. more you can say about Hamilton's race, is there? Yeah, they, they, you know, I I was pleased that
2: they did shadow the Red Bull pit stops because there's been a few occasions where they've gone, tried to go long and tried to do things a little bit differently to them when they've been ahead and they've thrown victories away by not, by just not reacting to what their direct rivals have done. We've said that a few times this year, it feels like. Yeah. So yeah, I was very pleased to see them just covering off and just doing the business, keeping it straightforward. Yeah, totally. Not overcomplicating
1: it. Yeah. Uh Verstappen, meanwhile, uh he was up... He had an amazing start, actually. He was up from 7th on the grid to 4th after the first two corners, despite Alonso nearly punting him off the side at the entrance to <laughs> <of> 13. <laughs> um Gasly on lap 4, Alonso lap 5. So by that point, he'd undone his grid penalty. Uh, the gap sort of sprung back and forth a bit, but he never really looked like he had the pace to close the gap to Hamilton. But I think all in all... Second place and fastest lap was about the best he could have hoped for. I, to be honest, even if he had started second on the grid, I think that was probably the best Red Bull could have hoped for at this race. Anyway, yeah. just judging the pace that Mercedes seemed to have,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I, I was quite surprised that Mercedes had that much of a step up on Red mm-hmm. Bull. To yeah, be me too. like it's it what it wasn't what I expected anyway. Um, I, I expected it to be maybe swing Mercedes' way, but not so like so extremely, yeah, yeah so yeah. drastically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think it would have been a much more exciting race to watch had Verstappen been on the front row and maybe got the lead at the start. But yeah, I yeah. do well, I think, think af- the result after, would have been the same.
2: After turn four, right, uh, um, in Brazil, a couple of uh, what a week ago, you th- you had this tantalizing prospect of. What's going to happen into turn one? And mm. once again, we've somehow been robbed of this, mm. you know, this potential argy bargy <laughs> between the two of them. There's been so many occasions this season where you think they're going to be side by side, yeah. and, then, and then circumstances just pulled them apart,
0: kind of thing, for yeah. better
1: or for worse.
0: <laughs> the but, one um, really on. sort of tasty thing of this, though, is I, I still sort of think that. Uh, Saudi Arabia is probably going to fall more into Mercedes' hands, and depending on exactly how those results fall, we potentially go into the final race of the season neck and to neck on
2: points, yeah, People yeah. Points, yeah.
0: <laughs> like as and that in itself. So, like as much as I'm sort of disappointed that what I thought was wrong. He's actually played out for the better, probably. Yeah, I mean, like in terms of closing the gap. Yeah,
2: that that prospect is just—you couldn't, in your wildest dreams, expect that no. to actually happen, yeah. could you? Two no. title protagonists going into the final if, race, equal on points.
0: If net, if Lewis wins that race and Max is behind him, and it it comes down to that, Netflix are rubbing their hands. Together. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know they uh, they do it on countback though, don't they as well? So. Like, yeah, so if, if they f- if they both finish outside the points, Verstappen in theory would win it because he's yeah, he would. got yeah. more wins, more race wins. Yeah. So but then, what definitely... happens? You know, do they? D- is there is there a pro centre situation to turn one? Like, mm-hmm. I...
0: <laughs> well, uh, like it's things like the. I mean, we'll we'll get to it eventually, maybe for a brief mention. But like Verstappen towards the end of this race, knowing mm-hmm. he's not going to catch him take that extra pit stop for the softs and take that fastest lap point mm. like we, we've i mean we've thrown the idea around that these single points for fastest lap could yeah, be quite totally. critical we said this at the start of the season it, yeah I said this. It, like that really heightens it the these, fact yeah. that the gap is now what it is
1: the sprint race really points as well it. like max has scored yeah. more in the sprint races yeah. than anyone else and those like handful of points could end up being the difference yeah it's crazy it's so good it's- I've never seen a season so tight. We're so lucky, you know. We're so so lucky
2: oh, to have witnessed it, this, and to, we're going yeah. to. This is going to go down in history. It really, Absolutely. really, you know, you can't hype this up enough. I don't think. Like it's just there's never going to be a season like this again. No, it would take a lot for there to be another season like this again because this is not how Formula One usually goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are like once in every other decade. Yeah, sort of situations, aren't they? Really.
1: You don't get many of them, especially yeah. like with different teams involved as well. But yeah. Anyway, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, one thing I'm going to mention with with Verstappen's comeback was the ease with which he got past Pierre Gasly. They yeah, they didn't think they didn't go as far mm-hmm. as saying, "Here he comes, let him by." But they basically did. And if you watch the head-on, like yes, Gasly ran a bit wide on the way onto the main straight. But Gasly was within a second of Alonso in front. And Gasly left his DRS closed until Verstappen was fully alongside him and only then did he open his DRS. So there's no two ways about it. Gasly just let him by. And I don't know. That doesn't sit particularly well. And And it wouldn't... With anyone, like if that was like an Alfa Romeo yeah. late in a Ferrari, but like it doesn't matter who it is. it's just no, like, yeah,
0: one it's of the right,
1: yeah, one of the interesting threads in this race was Verstappen's had this setback, how quickly can he come back through? And one stage of that was just kind of handed to him, and like, yeah. yes, some drivers in Brazil. Chose to not bother losing time fighting Hamilton and basically did let him that's through. Different. But that's, that's that's different. That's, that's a driver making a choice, yeah. yeah. Whereas this was very much like it is Gasly's job at this point to not be in the way of him.
2: And yes. yeah,
1: I'm not a huge fan of that.
2: Nah, it, I mean, it's in a different team so mm. it should be a competition like they should they're in competition with you why should he just let him through i'd get may like they they would say that there was no point in gasly fighting verstappen and losing time because he was inevitably going to go past and it was going to affect his race with a long yeah. time potentially for a podium so there's that argument but it there, there was definitely something stinky about the way the the team came on the radio and said you know you your bosses come in (laughs) yeah basically your bosses teams come in letting through so yeah i i I didn't like it either i don't think many people did no
1: i don't think so either um which moves us on to alonso uh starting from third managed to take second from gasly on the opening lap they had a right side-by-side duel through the first few corners which was awesome to see um He actually pulled a pretty decent gap on the sort of chasing pack. I think it was largely because Gasly had no pace, but pulled quite a nice gap. Um, Then obviously Baez and Perez dropped him down to fifth. But I'd say Alonso probably made the one-stop work better than anyone else. Um, 23 laps on the mediums and 34 on the hards, which is no mean feat, but... um, I mean, Red Bull say that Perez would have got him at the end, if not for the virtual safety car. Looking at the way that gap was coming down, I'm not so sure, you know. No, he wouldn't. wouldn't have got him.
0: No, I, I think we all know how good Alonso is defensively as Exactly, well. yeah. He's not just going to give up that mode. Well, like you've that. only got
1: to look at the first time Perez got past him <laughs> and he gave him a real hard time doing yeah. it. Yeah, I
0: think
2: yeah. like... It was touch and go with tires for Alonso by the end. I it think was given everything that was going on with other people on that hard tire. Um, uh, I f- I don't think it was tire failure. I think there was there must have been something on track that was puncturing the tires. We'll, there was, we'll, there we'll get debris. to tires. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> <No, no, no, laughs> sorry, yeah, I don't. We'll have, have We'll have tire corner. corner. Um, yeah, Alonso. Alonso's
1: fight with guys absolutely brilliant. Um, but to, but to your point, like Alonso was doing a really good job of keeping those tires going and staying off the curbs yeah. where he needed to. Like it was, yeah. it was a great drive, really great, really, drive. really 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 good drive. Um, like to have tires that old at the end and still like Perez in those closing laps was only catching him by like five six tenths a lap. Like just be holding a Red Bull off at that pace on tires that old was good going. Yeah. Um aided a bit by Ocon returning the favour from Hungary. <laughs> um he didn't keep Perez behind for long, but he he reckons he cost Perez about two and a half, three seconds, which all adds up in the end was about yeah. what the gap was at the line. So yeah. Yeah, I think all so. I up. think definitely it's it's worth putting that fight
2: in and, and yeah, you totally. know, keep it making even once you beat, if you can get alongside them again and get them out of position when it comes to sort of mm-hmm. helping out your teammate, that's gonna do a lot of work because that's gonna muck you up. Perez's tires and take a little bit more time out of him. So yeah, he did. Ocon did a really, really, really really good team team player
1: there. Yeah, really was.
0: Yeah, solid job.
1: Uh, And it was just great to see Alonso up there again. Um, Seven years since his last podium. 2014 (laughs) Chinese Grand Prix back when he was at Ferrari was his last podium. Crazy. Which means he. um, I think he now loses the record of. no, he, he can now no longer be the driver with the biggest gap between podiums, I think it is. I think he's managed oh, to avoid nice. setting that record. Well, <laughs> unless that's assuming he doesn't wait another seven
2: years. But then that having him in Formula 1 at the age of like 50 or something. I mean, maybe. the way Alonso is going it
1: wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's <laughs> <honestly, laughs> true. Anything Kimi can do, Alonso can do better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um,
1: And then Ocon fifth meant Alpine scored 25 points when Alpha Terry scored 0 so they've gone from being equal on points to a race win between the two teams now. Wow. Um, that's that's a really, really big gap that far down the... Yeah, uh, massive the swing. Because Terry had a disaster, basically, didn't they? Like They started second and eighth, they were, on the grid and finished out of the points. Um, yeah,
0: their their race is one to forget, isn't it? After what was a really positive quality, especially for... Um, for Gasly, mm-hmm. to end up yeah. where he did. It sort of
1: felt like Alpine didn't know why they were so fast, and AlphaTauri didn't know why they were so slow.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: you know, when you go to a new circuit, it does throw up these kind mm-hmm. of crazy results
2: when, when this happens. Like, you don't... yeah, you, the, the form book kind of, depending on the team, the form book can go out the window and... Yeah, that's that's definitely what happened in this situation. You know, I'm sure they'll they'll take it on board and they'll learn from it. There's there's aspects about this circuit that are unusual, like the um the tarmac is is isn't quite as porous, I guess, as what it's pretty abrasive there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it and it's and it well, it's just it's not necessarily abrasive, but it's it's tightly compacted mm-hmm. because if you have when you're in a desert like that and you've got that amount of heat coming down on it. You don't want to melt all the bitumen inside it. So it's a, it's a little bit less sticky than like your regular tarmac or other circuits. And yeah. I think that probably
1: caught a couple of teams out. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Perez, it kind of felt to me like Red Bull sort of chucked away a podium there, to be honest. Like he said himself after the race that they were just swapping between uh, one and two stop. Basically, for the entire race, Uh, he pitted on lap 19 to go from mediums to hard, which was one lap after Hamilton and Verstappen did, and they were both clearly on two stops from the start. So it was already going to be a struggle to one stop from there. Um, especially when there's tyres blown up everywhere yeah Yeah. and then so they seemed like they it seemed like they flip flopped a bit and then by the time they committed to a two stop there were only 15 laps to go because it was I think Bottas' puncture that made them finally decide to do it which dropped him behind Alonso, Norris, Ocon and Stroll and obviously as we know he only managed to get past um, three of those four I don't know they just seemed like there were just none of his strategy made sense to me that whole race well, it was the old. I mean, it's like the Ferrari thing. Almost, it's like let's
2: just concentrate on the yeah. one guy. He felt not a bit like too it, didn't much it? about driver number two. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you know, I don't think Red Bull are probably as interested in the constructors' title as what Mercedes are. The, They've the said The constructors' title, Mercedes, is like a massive, massive deal to Mercedes because mm. yeah. it helps them sell cars. It, no, no more people are going to buy energy drinks because <laughs> Red Bull are the constructors' championship. <laughs> I don't think champions. Um. Yeah, so that I mean that's my opinion. I want to. I really want to talk about Bottas though. Can we talk about Bottas yet? Please? Let's talk about Bottas. Yeah. What
3: do you so, want to say about Bottas?
2: Yeah. Well, what have you got to say about Bottas? I was. I was from from my office, urging Mercedes two laps before that happened to pit him. Like, that was the point. Two laps, one one to two laps before the puncture. Was when you pitted Bottas, and Bottas could have had a podium. Botas mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. race was between Perez and Bottas. This race, yeah. like that, was going to be the interesting thing, and I was just so poised and so excited to see Bottas come into the pits, come out probably two or three seconds behind Perez, and them to have a have a battle. But obviously, they they left him out too long. Either they left him out too long, and the tire couldn't hack it anymore, or there was debris on track and he got a puncture. We don't know yet. Or it was a combination of the two. Maybe, maybe stuff on track caused the old tires to, to take the puncture. I, I, it's just impossible to say, Uh, and I'm not from Pirelli and I don't have all the information. So I, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I was gutted. I was, that's the reason I was (laughs) gutted when, when Bottas got his puncture, because that was going to be the spice of this race yeah he was it was all sized up nicely
0: it's because yeah. you have transitioned to being Chris <laughs> at the moment Chris <laughs> gave That's up on Bottas <laughs> The moment the moment Chris is like, no, no more Just Bottas for me. me. Yeah, yeah. Say, so like, no, this podcast will not forget Valtteri yeah. Bottas. Well, it was going to be
2: like the battle of the underdogs, wasn't it? Then that would have been such a good name mm. for this episode as well. <laughs> but, so, like, I was literally, <laughs> that's I had it, that's everything what you were like thinking, yeah, that's I had everything thinking. like lined up in my mind, ready for like the week and all this stuff afterwards. But no, no, they. <laughs> They just didn't bloody pit him soon. No, if they'd just pitted him that lap before, it would have been so much better. Yeah, that yeah. was the lap to do it. And they—they, they, I don't know why they didn't. I, I can't wait to see Mercedes
1: content and see why they didn't pit him. Because everyone else who got a puncture, it was on the hard tyres they'd switched to, whereas Bottas was still on the mediums he'd started the race on. He'd done 34 laps on those starting mediums at that point. Um, So to, to get into the punctures, obviously we had Bottas first, followed by Russell, Latifi, and Norris, and they, as I said, were all on the hards they'd switched to, um, all of which seemingly going for one stop races. Um, Pirelli said they suspect it was down to high speed impacts with the curbs on tyres, which were very worn. Um, they described the that. failures as sudden but not immediate, whatever that means. What? <laughs> Um, it was uh, quick uh, but not not that quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that I guess he's referring
2: to Norris's sort of I, sudden I, puncture but I'd, without yeah. a, maybe it's a sudden puncture without an immediate like yeah, I, distraction I think, of that, the tire. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's yeah. what Yeah, I
0: think like say you hit the the pit wall or something down the pit straight the tire goes instantly it's an immediate effect whereas hitting the curb, like it's quite sudden, like maybe it's within a second. So you know that that's the cause of it. However, it's not an immediate, the second you touch the curb, it goes. I think that's the kind of gist that they're trying to go for. Yeah, I think so. Um, Is they know the curb's are causing it, but it's not happening during that process of making contact with them.
1: The drivers and teams all said they had no warning of it. Like the first they knew about it was the driver saying, I think my tyre's gone. Um, Um... I mean, obviously, every time there's failures, like people get up in arms about the Pirelli's. To be fair to them on this occasion, I like, obviously, we don't know all the facts yet. They're going to do some investigation, but I'm very hesitant to start pointing fingers at Pirelli when pre race they said this is going to be a two stopper. Um, And all of the people that had tyres blow. We're all trying one-stoppers pushing tires beyond the maximum stint length yeah, Pirelli had yeah. suggested. Yeah. I, I don't think you can blame Perelli when
2: they've taken the hardest compounds that they do to this yeah. circuit. And it's it's a totally new circuit to them. You know, they didn't even know they were mm-hmm. going to be coming here at the start of the season.
1: Completely. They yeah. so they were gambling on pushing the tires to do a one-stopper, and the gamble didn't pay off for yeah. them. I will say though that.
2: In Formula 1, really, you, you don't want to be seeing tyre failures. Like, no. I'm not blaming Pirelli necessarily, but like the tyre does need to maybe be able to take a little bit more hammer if we're going to have these kind of things. There needs to be a little bit more safety built in, a bit, bit more wiggle room built into that, I think, a bit more durability mm-hmm. built into it. If If we're in a time where races might be cancelled and replaced at the last minute, they kind of need to be considering that in the design of their tires.
0: I mean, I'm trying to remember exactly where we stand on what F1 as a series asks of Pirelli now, because it's yeah. always flip flopped between make a you tire wouldn't... that will create pit stop opportunity, like or force pit stop opportunities, yeah. but also make it durable. And yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a there's a very loose boundary between yeah. what yeah. what which side. Formula One want currently, the Pirelli to end up on.
2: Currently, this season they're on the side of we want one stop races. That's yeah. the the brief Pirelli got this year was we want one mm. stop, we want one pit stop in our races. So that's changed actually from when mm-hmm. from back in the day when Pirelli first started doing it, they were kind of the brief was well not maybe not straight away, but within a couple of seasons the brief was oh we want two stop races. So and that's when suddenly you got all drivers complaining of driving on yeah driving on what they'll started calling the tires rubbish because they weren't durable enough for them mm-hmm. to push really hard because they'd been designed to degrade quicker than the drivers would like them to um and it's a com- obviously it's a super super com it's a, it's a conflict really between the teams and with yeah. the regulation like the teams are always gonna do whatever they can to eke as much performance and as much life out of the tire for as long as possible before they have to pit. And on the flip side of that, Pirelli have been told to make a tire that won't give them long-lasting performance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at some point something's got to give and it has given and now they're back to the one-stop one, one stop sort of side of things. And to yeah. be fair, I've not heard drivers
1: really complaining about tires that much for a while now. It's been a lot less fit this season than previous years for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, to be fair, did point out that Norris wasn't actually on the most worn tyres. Norris had only been on his yeah. for 24 laps. so And they were hards as well. Yeah, so that was definitely out of the, you know, that was still well within the bounds of what those tyres should be able to do. Um, yeah. Which is, is like, why I think
2: probably there's probably some something on track that's uh, because I went back and I watched think I think there's a, a
0: uh, like a quite serrated kerb edge or something. Yeah, mm. I went back
2: and scrubbed through scrub through his onboard, and I thought I'd found the point where you hear like a click on one side where his tires, where where I think his tire are gone, and then a couple of corners later you can see his like his his no his uh, front wing is like scraping on the floor. Yeah. a bit and you you seeing sparks so it did it was as it was going across a curb um there could have been a piece of debris in a particular curb it wouldn't necessarily mean it was the curbs at the start of the weekend everyone was saying how soft the curbs are cuz it's a <laughs> motorbike track
3: <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the
2: weekend it's all stay off the curbs yeah so you know um i don't know if i did find the point where the tyre went but it definitely it was a gradual thing. He was—he was lucky that it didn't just puncture, and you know, definitely wasn't. Yeah. I really don't like people to say this, but it wasn't a tire explosion. It was just a. It was. It did go in a safe way. Yeah, know? totally. So they, it's not like in a way um, that they were able to catch it, get to the pits. It ruined his race, but he was able to get catch it, get to the pits, and you know, get a new tire on it, and it was
1: relatively safe. It's not Sorry. like strolling and Verstappen in Baku, for example. Like yeah, That's the exactly. kind of failures that you're really, into walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you really... Yeah, you're really chasing. But again, that
2: was, that's debris. That was debris. That yeah. wasn't the tyre. That was debris on track.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's every chance as well, though, that this is debris, potentially, because yeah, totally. there, were, there were issues with people having like bits of front wing damage with yeah. the curbs. Floor damage as well, So quite a lot. there's, there's every chance. Every chance
1: Bits flying off cars everywhere. You could probably build a whole diffuser out of the bits of diffuser (laughs) that were left behind. Glue them back together. (laughs) Um, We should just say, because I've I've seen the question asked a few times, Bottas didn't go back out on softs to try and steal the fastest lap back, basically because the tyre had caused that much damage to his car. Even on softs, there's no way he could have gone fast enough, which is why they retired him. Um, Norris was able to pit and recover back up to ninth, but that was a real... Real shame for him. Um, who else? Oh, yeah, Stroll, we should mention. Um, yeah, Stroll and the
0: Ferraris as well.
1: So Stroll gained a couple of places at the start. He ran in 10th until the pit stops, uh, undercut signs, and then uh, with the punctures and people to stop in, he rose up to 6th place, um, which he held. In fact, he was right on Ocon's tail towards the end. Um, real solid race, that from Stroll, though, um, one of the strongest race performances from him for a while, I think.
0: Yeah, it's one of his best results for a while, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Sarah in chat saying she thinks six is his best this season. I think that's it right, It might yeah. well be. It might well be. If not, he's outright totally right best. It
1: um, like, equals his best for sure. That totally flew under the radar for um, me. I
0: didn't even... Yeah, absolutely well, did, yeah.
2: I, I had him his first retirement, so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally checking now. And yeah, before this, his best place uh, was... Seventh okay. uh, in Monza, and then a handful of eighths dotted around the season.
1: Uh, Ferrari, a little bit lucky. Um, if Norris had stayed in the fifth, maybe even fourth, if he'd held off Perez, he was in, McLaren would have closed the gap to Ferrari a little bit. But obviously, as it was, Norris uh, didn't get to keep that place. Ferrari seemed a bit down on pace compared to um, previous races.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really intrigued by this because what I'm what I have struggled to work out in this situation is is it Ferrari and McLaren who dropped back, or was it like the Aston Martin and the Alpine that just had another step, like something yeah. worked well for them because. The Ferraris and the McLarens were around about each other for most of the weekend, from what I remember. But then the Alpine, in particular, just had that that other level, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it maybe it's it's those results, and then uh, you know Seb and Lance doing quite well in the Aston Martins have maybe just made the Ferraris and the, the yeah. McLarens look worse than they actually were.
1: Maybe a bit mm. of all
0: of the above, or yeah, or just like yeah. a a perfect storm of. All that, like
2: different circuit, isn't it? It's a new circuit. Yeah, Yeah. it's just what I think. I really think it's just one of those where they've had very little, very little prep, and it's showed that this circuit has actually, for me, shown the the drivers that. Have maybe the edge over some of the other drivers because it's not one that they've done loads and loads and loads of running at, mm-hmm. and that everyone knows inside out. So it's definitely not about the. It's a lot less about the cars this this race. I feel, mm. except for at the front, obviously.
1: But yeah, so in I the midfield. The
2: midfield. The midfield's so tight at the moment that this was a real opportunity for the really really good drivers to stand out. And I
1: re- I do think. I mean, you know, Alonso podium. I mm. think it shows. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um. And like as as much as Ferrari did extend that gap a bit, the fact that they finished behind both Alpine and an Aston Martin is definitely a, a step back for them. But yeah. as you say, it could be for a, a whole load of reasons. One thing I did find funny was we always give Ferrari stick for not being able to come up with a strategy for two cars. So they found a solution this race by giving both cars exactly the same strategy because <laughs> they both aiming <laughs> on exactly the same, same lap. Life. Yeah. <laughs>
0: One way of dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: Ricardo, we should mention as well. So he well, he had a hard time in qualifying. So he started quite a way back. He'd lost a bunch of places at the start. Um He said after the race, he kind of got sandwiched between two cars on the run to turn one and basically couldn't see anywhere as a breaking point to pick. So he had to just back out early than he'd like to, to just kind of be safe and not barrel into the back of someone. And he ended up being way too early so he lost a bunch of places um, yeah. and then he also had a fuel sensor issue so he was basically fuel saving unnecessarily from lap one well
0: I I did hear something a little bit different on that now whether or not he's right or not is another matter but I heard that McLaren were maybe playing a little bit loose and fast with you, obviously there's regulations as to how much fuel you, you can put in to the car but I've heard they were playing a bit loose and fast with that. And like all, all drivers, sorry, all, all teams even put less fuel in than they ultimately need. We like, As sort of seasoned watchers of the sport, we all know that they accommodate for things like expecting safety cars and slower laps and so on and so forth yeah. and, and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And whether it's exactly. right or not... You want to
2: push that margin, isn't
0: it? Yeah. But like, again, whether it's right or not, from what I heard mclaren miscalculated that which caused okay. a, a lot of issues for ricardo in the sense that they went a little bit too far into the trying to come under mm-hmm. with a from a fuel point of view um i mean i i heard this after the race fairly quickly so if they've then come out since and said a fuel sensor issue that might actually be the the, the fact yeah, of the well, matter. that's what
2: Ricardo, Ricardo did say about the fuel sensor, yeah. But he mm-hmm. could, I mean, he could just as easily be saved with the blushes of the team as well, so yeah, yeah.
0: so it's whether or not that's right or not. It, it was just a little bit of something I heard around the paddock afterwards, that's all.
1: And I think that's about all the main things of note from the race,
0: yeah. It's, I mean, we've talked about the championship as a whole with the lead now being only eight points. Which is, yeah. I mean, that's, it's hectic. A, it's so that's, good. that's a race win with fastest lap, isn't it, basically? Mm-hmm. Yep. So a race win and fastest lap for Hamilton in Saudi Arabia, essentially, like we were saying before, ties the title. Yeah. Um, On the other side of that story, I guess there's the fact that Verstappen could technically win the title in Saudi Arabia as well. Mm-hmm. It, It works both ways, but the mathematical equations of who has to finish where I think we'll sit and do next week. Yes, (laughs) we have not need to go into the exact permutations right now. But it's it's definitely possible for Max to wrap up the title next race if if certain uh, events unfold for Lewis. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, Um, well, I mean, if Lewis retires, obviously it's, it's job done.
1: Yeah. But I'd say that works both ways. If Verstappen mm. retires last race, I'd say that's also as good as job done. Not mathematically, but as good as. As good yeah. as, but it wouldn't be. Yeah.
2: Because if, if, if Hamilton had like two retirements and Verstappen only had one retirement, then that obviously. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Okay. Think. oh we've got it we do have there is um, some Whew. maths here so um, let's save it for that next can... week we'll save it for next, we week. It for next week
1: we've okay. got, we've so, got yeah. a whole preview, yeah. preview we've, to do next week
0: we've got week. a preview to do okay. next week <laughs> and we, we managed to spend 25 minutes just talking about qualifying <laughs> <this week. laughs> yeah <man. laughs> so, um, yeah and then in terms of the constructors Mercedes still lead it but it's only by five points now Jeez. so I'm still st- I'm still standing by what I said I mean these Bottas retirements They're going to hurt hurt Mercedes.
2: I think they got really... We can't blame Bottas this week, though. Bottas was on a... That's not me
0: laying that blame at his door. I'm just saying that second car not finishing in the points is going to hurt them in in that particular title fight.
1: Especially, like, as much as Perez... I think the team let Perez down this race. He was... Like, obviously, he had a mare in qualifying, but in the race, Perez was, like, properly on it this weekend. Yeah. I mean,
2: Mercedes just have to win the Constructors because if Red Bull win the Constructors without even trying to win the Constructors and Mercedes (laughs) are actually trying to win the Constructors, then that just looks so bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, And then in summary, uh, how do you both feel about the circuit? Like, do you want to see everyone there again? There's there's a lot of talks about 2023, like not going there next season and going back in 2023, but there's also talks of... Going to Qatar, but not necessarily this circuit. So
1: it kind of, I, I sort of come back to what we said right at the start about the comparisons to Magello. Like we had a really good race at Magello, but I think that was a good race despite the circuit. It was because mm. of lots of other stuff going on. And I feel like if the grid had stayed as it was after qualifying at this race, it probably wouldn't have been quite as entertaining. And if you take the tyre failures out of the mix, it maybe wouldn't be quite as good. Um, Certainly better than I expected it to be, but also not a circuit I'm like desperate to go about. That being said, obviously we know we're going back to Qatar in some capacity in two years' time. I'd probably rather it be here than another street circuit, which is what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there is talk of them uh, the um, the World Cup stadiums not far from the circuit. Is it? It's like literally part of the same complex. I think, oh, is isn't is, it?
1: is the World Cup starting in a year's time? They didn't mention that once <laughs> the entire weekend. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, part of the talk with the circuit was to do something Sochi esque that uses yeah. service roads for the. World Cup Stadium and so on. but Which
1: could be more interesting yeah. than just another city centre street, so I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you're in danger of just being the same as Miami when Miami comes on the calendar. Then though, Yeah, you? that's where it, true. Way it goes around the... Well, it's just Formula E tracks, rock. isn't it, at that point?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that missed a tricky Miami not having the track actually go through the stadium. I know logistically that's extremely difficult, <laughs> but I think that would have been very cool.
0: You know, I mean, it's a plug of my own support, but one place... Where that could work in the world is Arizona, <laughs> because they literally wheel the the turf in and out of the stadium for oh, games. Oh yeah! So there's a uh, there's a huge yeah. there's a huge like hole in the side where you could like come in and then go around and come back out.
1: I mean, but I don't know,
0: I don't know how many of the stadiums have that, but that is literally because they wheel the whole yeah. pitch outside to grow the grass out outdoors and then wheel it indoors for games. I mean, they won a
1: West Coast race, like. You never know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't see
2: why not. I don't see why not to go back to to Salle. I'd I'd be interested to see how next year's cars go around there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, we're not going to be there next year because of the World Cup. So it doesn't mean I'm desperate to see us go back there again. I think it was a good race. I don't necessarily agree that it was because of the grid. I think it would have been an interesting race anyway. But yeah, I think the following... I, I think probably that final turn is just a little bit too fast. Yeah. And it, it made it a yeah. bit difficult for, I think we would have seen a lot more overtaken if that final corner was just a little bit slower, a bit mm-hmm. more of a braking zone
0: into it. yeah, Potentially.
2: Um, and if they could do that just for formula one, then if there's some way of just like adding a bit of tarmac and, mm-hmm. and just changing configuration of the circuit ever so slightly just for the F1 cars, then which is, you know, it's basically a great big supermarket car park anyway. Why not just, just, up, yeah there's a fair bit of runoff to work with yeah i mean you could
0: um, you could alter the inside curbs or something to oh, there's, yeah, there's all yeah kinds to of you tighten it, to. it up or something like that yeah
2: i think if they did that this would be a a really really sick racetrack with loads and loads and loads of overtaking but as it as it is at the moment i think it's a really exciting track for the drivers i think it looks like an absolutely fantastic circuit to drive um, especially yeah. with all those medium to high speed corners they, and they're full throttle for so long on yeah. the road. It's like 60, 60% full throttle for, for a circuit with so many bends it's kind of crazy um, so yeah I'm not against it I've, but I do think it would need a little bit of work to get it sort of into a, into a yeah. shape that would suit Formula 1 cars maybe a little bit better mm. and I don't think it'd be a huge amount of work for them to do that.
1: I will yeah. say and I think it's maybe because I've never like driven this circuit on any games or anything but I had such a hard time getting my head around the geography of the circuit and like <laughs> every other track on the calendar, if you just if I just turn it on at a random point, I can tell you what bit of the circuit they're on. And the yeah. whole weekend I never got to a point where I could recognise bits <laughs> of the circuit, because they all just kind of look the same. And then a lot of the
2: you know, a lot of the other circuits have been going to for years and years and years. Like yeah,
0: or, or even in
2: singapore like you wouldn't be able to tell me where on that circuit that
0: yeah that yeah, Sing- yeah, singapore true. has always been a bit of a difficult one yeah but i mean the the other thing is circuits that we don't go to all that often are still very heavily featured in either other series or video yeah. games or whatever it might be or you know formula yeah. one was there 20 years ago or whatever They're like you know circuits like Magella and um imola like mm-hmm. I mean, the three of us all know both those circuits quite well before yeah. F1 went back to them in recent years.
2: Yep. Even so, Portimao as well. Like definitely. Miguelo, Chris and I know... We, like the back of and Especially well. We, <laughs> we used to race there on Forza 2 or Forza 1. 2, I think it was, yeah. We did many a lap around there. Or maybe... Yeah, we did lots and lots of racing, me
1: Chris, around there. Yeah. Anywho.
0: All that being said, all that being said... Who is your driver of the day? I know where mine's going.
1: I find it hard to look past the one that got the official one. To be honest, I think it's yeah. got to be Alonso for me.
0: Yeah, I do. I feel the same official. way.
1: I think he had a really clean race in a car that's that was weirdly quick, and no one knows why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Even part of team. it is the Alpine seems to be quite nice on its tires compared to all the cars. Yeah. I think that was a big factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. it's not the first time I've said it this season like all this year as soon as Alonso gets a sniff of some kind of good result he's just like on it like yeah, he's on another yeah. level yeah, yeah just as quick as he's always been which is very cool to see yeah
0: um that was easy then Thank <laughs> we you unanimous for us there <laughs> I mean we're unanimous and we agree with the official vote yeah, that's that that's is rare, an extreme rarity, I think <laughs> um Moving on from that, we'll have a move of the day. Any in particular stand out for either of you to
1: You could you could make an argument for just like Verstappen's start. It was very quick and clean and decisive. Yeah, yeah. but that that car always has good starts. True.
2: Mm. I think there's there's something built into the Red Bull that makes it start. It is really, very good, really well yeah. because the whole all season he's been getting great starts. I mean that's not. To, just to take away what it would say. <laughs> could. It, I mean it could be that's, that's yeah. literally yeah. It took the words out of my mouth. It could be that
1: Verstappen's just, just a great starter in a Formula One car. He was yeah. also on the clean um, side, which helped a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Like the helicopter shot of the star was hilarious. It was like the right-hand side of the grid got a different set of start lights that were, like, half a second behind the rest. <laughs> yeah. 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 So,
2: but I, I, I'm reticent to give it to Verstappen because he really shouldn't have been where he was on the grid as well. Like, he should have been... Shouldn't he have been in P2? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so realistically. it's it's It so, goes
1: back to the old rewarding someone for undoing their own mistake thing, doesn't it? Which we try to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: uh, something that stood out for me was alonzo Alonso's start like I mean sticking around starts but probably not necessarily the start per se but more those opening corners like that duel he had with uh Gasly.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, there was a
0: lot of mm-hmm. very close wheel to wheel racing there that uh took a lot of driving dexterity from the pair of them I think to make sure there was no contact. Yeah, and, and it was always came out on it top. Super, yeah, that's super
2: it. clean as well. It was within the bounds of what had been set by the by race control, you know, as as to what was the edge of the racetrack, which on this occasion was the curbs. The curbing, yeah. the the sort of burgundy and white curbs were the were the limit of the racetrack. And if you went all four wheels off of those, then that is the outside of the racetrack. And they kept it well within that, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And um it was clean. And it was the same with the Alonso and Perez duel as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So of those three, so the Alonso Perez duel, that, that one went on for a little bit, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was really good yeah. fun as well. bit back and um, forth there. I think that's my favorite. I think to the pair of them for yeah. clean racing, I think that counts, especially in the wake of sort of Brazil. I think it's good to give it to someone who's, Able to show us how it's it should be done, yeah. And mm-hmm. that was definitely two great drivers showing us exactly how mm-hmm. we expect to
1: see racing. I can go with that. So, like it was perry's overtake, pass. but I think it was like the two of them in tandem, just great racing, wasn't it? More than yeah, a spectacular overtake. Yeah, I can yeah. go with that.
0: So Alonso wins another one then, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally for this bit of the show,
3: honestly. What the-
0: I mean, does anyone have anything to offer up other than Karen Horner? <laughs> yeah, a few and his, his tantrums.
1: A few people mentioned like Ricardo bopping along to the national anthem, which I just thought was great. <laughs> I was a little bit confused why there was um, a, just one kid dressed as a cowboy singing the national anthem. <laughs> it was cowboy. I it mean, was his
2: cowboy day, Chris. Just let him have his cowboy day.
1: Someone, oh, someone yeah. in the Discord did say they think what they were going for was apparently. Um, Qatar's population is there's there are more um like foreign nationals than um people actually born in Qatar make up the population there. So I think with really? all the costumes yeah, so I think with all the costumes the kids are wearing they were going for like a worldwide people from everywhere kind of vibe. Um I will say though that national anthem was a banger.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Such a good anthem. I've actually listened to it since the race. So like Oh my it's top across the Spotify <laughs> playlist.
0: <laughs> Your Spotify wrapped is gonna be such a mess if you
1: <laughs> great anthem. I love a great anthem and they've got a good one. <laughs> um, um I enjoyed the fact really... that the stu- when when the stewards called Christian Horner in, they uh spelled Team principal wrong on the uh documents they issued to red bull which (laughs) (laughs) i didn't notice that yeah
3: classic
1: (laughs) there wasn't an awful lot of craziness
2: though though this weekend was not really comparison to recent weekends Um, yeah i think the tires thing was hectic like that's definitely a big wtf moment when bottas's tires went why didn't they just bring him in that lap before or two laps before and then you, you never know, he might the same thing might have happened. He might have just hit the same bit of track and yeah. got a puncture from that, if that's where the puncture yeah. occurred. But, you know, the it, I think that that's my WTF. Mercedes cost themselves a lot of points this weekend by not bringing that car in just a couple of laps earlier when it was really clear from the times to me that it looked like it was time for him to come in. Um, and I think they were gambling. I think they were going for like a safety car or a virtual safety car or something Possibly. to just slow the track down to to maybe give them um, a, a shorter pit stop, so they might come out ahead of of Perez. Yeah.
1: They like, what like I wanted to see was the battle. So they're like, if we stay a bit longer, someone might get a puncture here, and we'll be in. Yeah. <laughs> turns out <laughs> mm. there irony. The
0: um, yeah.
2: So that's my WTF: is Mercedes not pitting their car and costing themselves points in the constructors that could that could have been mm-hmm. a hard fought double
1: podium it wouldn't have been an easy podium for us but i think it was doable and they cost themselves yeah, yeah. nicky in the chat suggested gasly not even opening his drs until max was alongside him yeah that'll do it as well yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah a, which
0: is a good one a fair point yeah mm. um, do you there
2: what are we, what are we gonna go for <laughs> Um, I, I'm sticking with um, I'm sticking with Mercedes not pitting Bottas soon enough.
1: I'm, go- I'm going for Gasly making no effort to um, well just just waving Verstappen pass because it was literally made me go what are we doing here if we're just yeah. waving people by made me want to vomit.
0: <laughs> mm. I'm. Just gonna give half a vote to each of those. I can't decide between the two. Oh my goodness. It's a tie. (sighs) Sorry. I don't want to be that guy. (sighs) My goodness. It's a tie. Okay. I could have just gone, I want the cowboy child as mine, but I thought, (laughs) no, I'll (laughs) give give the two suggestions the credit they deserve instead of deciding it by, by, yeah, instead of deciding it by picking the cowboy child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Onwards to predictions. Um, You guys both got a double ham. So that went well for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the 18 finishes, so a point there for me. In terms of everybody else, uh, we got three people up at the top this week on three and a half points. <laughs> so we don't we don't see the half points very no. often anymore. But they came out this week. Um, Samantha Imfeld, Pete Baker, and Sam Williams all basically had a uh, double ham with 18 finishes. And then the half points came because nobody got Esteban Ocon's finishing position right. Wow. Those three were the closest with uh, seventh place. I think a couple of other people may have said seventh as well. Seventh and a half was the point. closest
1: anyone said.
0: Yeah, but seventh was the closest anybody oh, said wow. to his just, actual finishing position.
1: Just a collective lack of faith in Ocon between yeah, us and all of our listeners. Brutal. I mean,
0: a lot of people were around our ballpark. Yeah. There's so many ninths, tenths, elevenths in there. But um, yeah, seventh was the highest anyone went. So congrats to anyone else who also said that. Um, I also noticed that pretty much nobody got Valtteri Bottas's first DNF right, <laughs> except for Owen Finlay and the classic Amazon Web Services. Oh, really? <laughs> They're back. They got another point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was that. Um, in terms of the overall standings, it does kind of spice those up a little bit because, Stu, you have lost first place. <sighs> Um, yes i have yeah charlie ray is now a point ahead of you on 35 Stu, you are tied in second on 34 with nate everett and then there's a whole group of people very close behind you on 32 all tied for what would be fourth place technically so all still very close with 10 points to play for over the next couple of races um if you're not joining with that before head to back to the and you can register now still worth doing for uh the last couple of races in case you get a five out of five. Uh, and then with that being said, final part of the show is,
1: is
0: uh, keep me box time. Do
1: you want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah. You go first. Jeff asks. Perez is only 13 points behind Bottas. What are his chances of getting third?
0: Um, I mean, I'd say on recent form, good.
2: It's a difficult question, that because Mercedes look like they should be much, much quicker at these next two circuits. So hmm. Bottas should be beating Perez quite, quite handily. And yes. Um, if they're getting one twos. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, Bottas was. Uh, I'm, I'm waxing lyrical about Bottas this week. I don't know why, but um, he did, he was doing a really, really good job. He had a poor start, but he recovered really, really well. And he had the race yeah. car. He was, he was on for third. No doubt in mm-hmm. my mind, he was on for third this weekend. Um, and I can see that continuing. He's got, um, he does have decent engines left. So should hope
1: so. Yeah. He's, he's had six, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, I um, hope yeah, just give him one as a leaving gift.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we just have so one. So
2: I think, I don't. I think Bottas will cling
1: on to third place in the championship. Myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, but this back third of the season, Bottas has been very good. A lot of his poorer results have not necessarily been his fault. He's had a fair bit of bad luck. Um, yeah. So if he if he gets a couple of clean weekends, I think he should comfortably hold on to it. But you never know, do you?
0: Yeah, I'm, I am sort of in the camp of I think uh, on recent form, he might Bottas might struggle to hold on to that third because even in places where the Mercedes has uh, been outperforming the Red Bull, he's been struggling to. Um, make the most out of those, whether it's through bad luck or just poor Mm -hmm. form. It's, you know, an unlucky combination of the two sometimes and he's not had it, so...
1: And Perez has also been very good, so he won't need much of a a sniff to get the results to close that gap as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that fight is going to end up playing a massive role in the constructors as well, so... Yeah. It's really important that he
2: gets it together these last two races that's 100 for sure yeah um next one michelle says what is going on with how poorly daniel is performing that would be daniel ricardo i believe
1: he's had a, a like tricky daniel few races had. hasn't he
2: can't tell you much better uh, he's be performing right now yeah he well he was in a penalty shootout over the weekend and he hit all of his penalties I'll oh tell well you that. going quite well and maybe the best piece of content Formula One's made all, <laughs> all year with a collab with FIFA. But I don't know if you saw that, but um, I saw a bit of it, yourselves, yeah, get, get, get yourselves on Twitter <laughs> and on Facebook and just dig that one out. It's a few minutes of deep enjoyment for you all there.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, as for Daniel Ricciardo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's had a bit of a ropey run, hasn't he? Um, obviously, this this race he struggled in qualifying and never really recovered Um, what happened to him last race he retired for a reason I can't remember but he was struggling wasn't he even before that retirement Mexico he was never really on the pace finished outside the points Um, I feel like I maybe feel like kind of Form and momentum is important, maybe more important to Ricardo than a lot of other drivers. And yeah. it seems like he goes through a patch of having lots of really good results or having lots of really bad results. Whereas you see other drivers kind of ping pong a little bit. It feels like once he has like one weekend as a setback, it maybe that will roll over for another couple of weekends. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into the results there, but maybe
2: I don't know. I think, like it, you know, we know how how degradation affects the Mercedes engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is having an effect on the Mercedes. I believe they've both only had four Mercedes engines internal combustion engines, from what I remember seeing over the weekend. Um, I will double check. that. Yeah, no, that
1: sounds right. Because, like, obviously, like the start of the season, people talked a lot about. The, the difficult run of form Ricardo was on at the start of the season his most recent five races have actually been quite a bit worse than his first five races of the season so he's on kind of his worst patch of results of the whole year at the moment yeah, but you're right. I do think McLaren seem to be pushing the limits of uh, how much these components have got in them, and they're probably they've probably got a fair few bits turned down to keep them going and avoid yeah, penalties. I think that's it.
2: So I've got it here. So um, McLaren Mercedes internal combustion engine for each turbochargers for each MGUH h for each uh, MGU-K. Ricardo's on had two, and Norris is on his third. Energy store, both had two. Um, Control electronics, both had two. And exhausts, Ricardo's had four. Um, Norris
1: had six exhausts. So, and to be fair, Norris is also on his one of his worst runs results um, of the season as well. So, I think Ricardo's maybe feeling it a bit more, but they're both tailing off for sure. Yeah, I think definitely it's it, it's got
2: to be to do with the engine degradation. Because when you look at Mercedes, they're both you know Hamilton's had five internal combustion engines, Valtteri Bottas had six. When that when the constructor team has had that many components, then mm. all of the teams underneath them that haven't used as many, and when we know full well that that engine that degrades, of course they're going to start to suffer. Especially when their nearest rivals have got have got newer engines. You know the Ferraris have got they brought a new engine and they've been really really good since then so th- there's there's an aspect of that um and yeah well, it's just unfortunate for ricardo i think like we should all reserve judgment for ricardo until he till next year i think the yeah. new cars next year are going to be a lot mm. different and it's going to be a chance for a reset for him and to get back into it Absolutely. but there's two more races as well this season and he's got every opportunity to shine at those. Maybe they're, yeah. maybe they're just saving engine performance for these last two races, knowing that that Mercedes well, can deliver goods at those.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a spanner into that theory by mm-hmm. just moving Inbox around a little bit and bringing one of the ones from later on to now, which is um, the infamous Pastor Maldonado's driving instructor <laughs> of hmm. all people sending a message saying, do you think McLaren are going off the boil um, and it's down to the fact that they've used all their development tokens on putting the Mercedes engine into the car. So they've simply not been able to develop as much as Ferrari. It could explain why they were strong in the start of the year, a little bit like in 2009 when Braun used the same car for most of the season without any R&D.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a factor, I think. Mm -hmm. I think Mercedes are probably on the back foot a little bit in terms of development this year. Um, And like I say, it's just, I think a lot of their focus has probably already shifted to next year anyway. So that's pro that's it, smacks of that to me. They must, especially mm-hmm. if they're going into it without as much possibility to make changes to their car. Of course, their focus
1: is going to shift forward sooner than maybe some of the other teams and maybe their nearest rivals. Mm-hmm. Ferrari, for comparison, they spent all their tokens on um, a new nose cone, um, rear suspension, and um, transmission. So, mm. which. <laughs> Which, now what looking car, back, then. probably like you can sort of see from that where the sort of story of the season has come from, though. Like, McLaren yeah. very much came in with a car they knew other than the engine and started off much better. Whereas Ferrari, I guess, took a while to get yeah. the most out of these new components, but have been able to like develop yeah. more on top of them as the years gone on. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's
0: definitely an element of what's been alluded to with the question, and anyway, yeah, totally. that that you know he has f- been a help, but also a hindrance basically putting that Mercedes yeah. engine into yeah. the car. And given a that, the fact that
1: they're even in the fight for third is impressive, considering yeah, yeah. they couldn't so do anything to the car like anyone else could. Yeah, yeah. and fourth is still a great, a great finish from McLaren. Oh yeah, totally.
2: But given where they've been in the last few years, you know, fourth yeah, is a exactly. mighty strong finish from McLaren.
1: Um, next one. next, Kieran Sinfield uh, earlier in the season Red Bull and the Mercs would pull the lines for the wheel guns out of the way but that's now stopped have you guys seen yeah. this? yeah I noticed that they <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, don't bring them out of the way anymore um, with the season coming towards a climax do you think the smallest things like that make it harder for the other team and will play a part in the last two races and also on that point do you think Red Bull and Horner's punchy approach with some of his comments are the wrong way to go about it as it probably just fuels the fire in the Mercedes camp
0: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if there's an element of that with the whole well if that's how if that's his attitude, we're just gonna not be courteous like yeah. we would to anyone else on the grid.
1: I mean I don't believe for a second the noise coming from Red Bull keeps Toto and Co. awake for exactly. a second at night, and vice versa. Like mm. They they all know it's just gamesmanship, I don't think I think they're all smart enough to not let it, you know, play a part. Yeah. And I even mean, even the wheel gun stuff is all just gamesmanship. Like it might cost yeah. them a couple of tenths in a pit stop, but obviously it works both ways, like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, I why would why would you move your that. wheel guns if you don't have to? Well, it's, it's
1: not like they've, it's not like they've got to. I mean, the flip side is because you don't want your wheel guns to be torn off the side of the pit because so someone's driven through true. them. Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing. Yeah, imagine if that ended up being like the deciding thing in the championship. <laughs> like Hamilton and just like run through the other team's wheel guns, and neither of them can do <laughs> the pit stops. Yeah, it surprises me actually
2: that they still have pneumatic ones. You'd think they'd have really powerful battery powered ones these days, but. I feel like a lot of other motorsports do. Hmm. Maybe it's a regulation thing or something. I don't know. Who knows? Let's not get into that. Um, Next one, Wesley says, it seems like the latter half of the season has been light on safety car inducing incidents and DNFs for reliability issues. I would think the laws of probability would be about to catch up with the grid. Do you (laughs) think we'll see any bigger events during these last two
1: races? So will there be retirements on reliability? reliability mm. stuff definitely and i also feel like if they happen in um saudi arabia that probably will lead to safety cars because yeah ooh, there's not a lot of space on that track i am no. um, they've yeah. added it to the formula one game now and i drove a few laps of it the other day and my goodness that place is wild it's <laughs> it's insane but yeah monaco at a thousand miles an hour Yeah, it's like so. It's it's partially like the run kind of in Baku. So after you've gone past the castle section, then there's the really fast bit at the top of the hill. You plunge back down the hill and the twisties. It's kind of partly like that. It reminds me a bit of the back half of the old Valencia circuit. Um, Yeah, it's just like a flat out or very fast corner, just one after the other, after the other, after the other. Oh, I will say though the kind of the loop sort of at the end of sector one it's a little bit like do you remember the old india circuit it had that kind of long banked kind of yeah. yeah it was like 200 degree corner it sort of reminds me of that and i feel like that might be like a run side by side for their overtaking spot so that corner is quite cool but yeah, mm. that circuit. There are corners on that circuit that are definitely not corners. Absolutely, well. <laughs> it, it is a wild track, and they claim to have yeah. finished it now as well, so it should be there in time for the race, which is nice. nice. Um But I think there is scope for a breaking down cars just being in the way because there's nowhere to go, and b there's a lot of scope for some very big accidents at that circuit as well at the speeds they're going to be going at. So yeah. I
0: mean, you always run that risk, and in... it's, it's like. Singapore was the one that what on average it averaged two safety cars yeah, a race or it, something. I
1: get the impression it's going to be one of those sort of circuits.
0: Yeah. So I, I could I could definitely see that maybe, maybe not so much in uh Abu Dhabi because depending on what they're fighting for a lot of teams kind of just turn things down and make sure they finish. Um but yeah, they Yeah, I think Saudi Arabia is potentially as much accident damage is reliability i think there'd be a combination yeah so yeah. it's going to be, be interesting you know, to see how it all when pans you look out. at
2: this you know well, well i've got this document open let's have a look so we've got um the harses and the alphas have both only used three internal combustion engines all four of those cars only just use the three um and three turbochargers they're on the third, um, so they're most likely. Obviously, they're they're on really old components because the MD, yeah. the turbochargers and the internal combustion engines are the bits that are going to go bang. Um, then we've got both Red Bulls are on four turbochargers and internal combustion engines. Um, most most other teams really are on four of each. It's only Mercedes that have gone higher. So Mercedes yeah. obviously been running theirs much hotter all season mm. than everyone else's. Mm. Hamilton is on his third turbocharger when everyone else is on their fourth. Interesting. I don't know how many you get turbocharged. Uh, you know, yeah, three. Three. yeah. So everyone else has yeah. taken a penalty for So them. that those turbochargers have taken some hammers. Yeah. So yeah. there is potential, you know. Yeah, you for never know a failure there. There's, so there is potential failure up and down the field. I think at this point, so yeah, it'd be a real shame to see the championship divided, decided yeah. on reliability. I think that'd be, that's no one
1: wants to see that. But absolutely, it's worth being aware that it's something that could happen. But I think, like in terms of teams, like turning stuff down, like normally by this point in the season, there's some pretty big gaps are formed and there's certainly teams whose places are kind of already decided. But if you look down the constructors, like obviously we know Mercedes and Red Bull are still flat out. McLaren are still, still could catch Ferrari. So both of them have got stuff to be racing for. Alfa Terry can still catch Alpine. Aston Martin are kind of the only ones in a bit of a no man's land, but Alfa Romeo could still catch Williams. Haas could still technically catch Alfa Romeo. So like, No one's completely safe where they are or has nothing left to race for. So they're not going to be super quick to just turn everything down and plod around the last couple of races.
0: Yeah.
1: And we can't wait to see it. No. And in three weeks' time, it'll all be done and we'll know. We'll know how it all pans out, which is just three weeks. Insane to think about. Yeah.
0: And then we'll just start planning again for the season after. (laughs) Straight away, yeah. (laughs) All begins again, really, doesn't it? Um, But that is it for this week. So thank you to everyone who has joined us for this. Uh, We'll be back next week to look ahead to the Saudi Arabian GP. Uh, But in the meantime, it's goodbye from all of us, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.